Good morning. Good morning. God is great and greatly to be praised from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same. We want to welcome you as far as St. Paul Online is concerned. I want to, if I could, before we have Reverend Bernie to come and lead us in worship, to uh, remind those that are engaging us on Facebook, YouTube, or our church website. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are online ready to engage you this morning. So real quick, we want to invite you to do the following. If you're watching us on Facebook, share on your personal timeline without starting a separate watch party. We want to keep everybody in the same chat stream. And you can tag people to invite them to check out your post. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and text this link of the worship service to your personal network. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, click on the invite button in your chat window to share this experience with others. We are now over a thousand subscribers as far as our YouTube channel is concerned. I would love to get that up to at least 1,500 before this year is out. So we need you to be social media evangelists, amen, to spread the word about what we're doing here at the St. Paul Church. I'm getting ready to ask uh, Reverend Bernie to come, and he's going to lead us as far as our worship experience is concerned. Wherever you are right now, if you would, put your hands together. Let's give God praise uh, as we prepare to worship our God. Great is the Lord and greatly is he to be praised. Aren't you excited that the Lord spared your life one more time to come into the sanctuary? Aren't you happy that God touched you this morning, gave you activity of your limb? We've come to worship the Lord for he is worthy to be praised in spite of how you feel right now, wherever you are in your living room, where on your couch, you ought to stand and give the Lord a hand of praise. You ought to tell God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to wake up this morning. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me all week long. Thank you. Lord because you've been mighty good to us and because he's been good we ought to worship him we've come to praise him we've come to lift up holy hands for God is worthy of our praise amen and amen
So, okay, we're looking at our chat window right now. Uh, see who's streaming on YouTube, Facebook, and the church website. And I'm curious to know where everybody is watching us from. So can you just let us know what city and what state in our chat that you are watching us from? Uh, just, just, just do that for us so that we can know who, uh, is, who's with us today. Our scripture this morning is coming out of Psalms 19. Psalm 19. And it reads, The heavens declares the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them, he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of heaven and its circuit to the other end. And there is nothing hitting from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statues of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yet, 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 than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can understand his error? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sin. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgressions. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, we are grateful this day. Lord, that you touched us, that you allowed us to see another day. Lord, when we look back over so much that's happening all around us, death on every side, sickness is hitting everyone. But Lord, you touched us this morning. You gave us a right mind, God. You, you allowed us, God, to come to this place, God, of worship. So, Lord, we pray right now, God, that you would just allow your spirit, God, to be with us. Allow our thoughts, God, to be on you, God. Whatever distraction, God, that may have us. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, God. Lord, if you will move, God, let your spirit, God, have his way, God, in our hearts this morning, God. God, whatever, God, that may have us bound, God. God, we pray you loose us, God, that we might worship you, God, that we not bound. 
be about playing church, God. But we truly enter into the sanctuary where our hearts and our mind can be focused on you. That we truly enter into a place, God, of worship, God, of true worship, God. That in spite of what we're going through right now, Lord, we know that you got the final say, God. So, Lord, we're going to give you glory. We're going to give you praise. We're going to worship you, God, like no other time, God. For this is your time, God. And God, help our minds to be stayed on you, God. We invite you, God, to have your way, God. Have your way, God, in our hearts this morning. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand of praise. You are. 
Wonderful, wonderful song of worship and praise this morning. Uh, let me say good morning, uh, everyone, and welcome uh, to our service this morning. And for those that are joining in um, this time, I want to welcome you to uh, today's impact moment. And uh, this impact moment is a time where uh, I get to speak to the children and the youth um, as their as their children and youth pastor, Reverend Peyton C. Um, for those that don't know me, I will get to speak to them and deliver uh, to them a message uh, that I, I believe that God has laid on my heart. Um, specifically for their ears, but also for the kids at heart. So I, I, I encourage and I challenge the adults and the parents to listen as well, because God will have something for all of us that can be spoken to a little child. Amen. All right. Now, the title of today's impact moment is this, as we continue in the life and the teachings of Jesus, this, this one will sum up some of his teaching for us at the very end of his Sermon on the Mount series, guys. And so the title of today's message is this, it's Rock Beats Sand Every Time. Rock Beats Sand Every Time. Our memory verses comes from Matthew uh, chapter 7, verses 24 through 25. I'll be reading from the New International Version, and it says this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. The bottom line is this for our today's message or the main point. Jesus is our strong foundation. Jesus is our strong foundation. Guys and girls, when I was a kid uh, growing up, which really wasn't too, too long ago, uh, my family would go on a family beach trip uh, during the summer. And we would go to the Outer Banks uh, here in North Carolina. On these trips, I discovered my love for the beach. It's a beautiful place, guys. Feeling the sand in between my toes, swimming in the refreshingly cold water to get away from the summer heat. I remember going boogie boarding and looking for seashells. And then I remember making sand castles as well. Normally, you could find me in the water, but every once in a while, I'd stay on the shore and just feel the sand between my feet. And uh, be able to spend some time making a sandcastle or two with my little cousins. I wonder this morning, have you ever made a sandcastle before? If you've made a sandcastle before, I want you to feel free to yell back at the TV screen and say, Yes, I've made one, Pastor Peyton, if you want to this morning. And well, if you have, then you know how difficult they can be to build sometimes. They really can be tough. You can't build a sandcastle too close to the water or else it will be swept away by the waves or it will flatten it out into a pile of just a hump of sandy mud. You can build it further up on the seashore, but you have to make sure it doesn't get knocked over by your own family or even the wind that make sure the wind doesn't blow pieces of it off. 
Then if it makes it through the day, at the very end of the day, the sand will, that you use to build the sand castle will dry up and some of it will be blown away. It might be trampled by sand crabs or other people that walk the beach. Or when high tide comes, those waves will come so far up the shore, they will take your sand castle down. That just makes for a sad day, doesn't it? It's not great, right? Well, I want to tell you all this morning of a different kind of house that I've been a part of building because I like to think that sandcastle was one of the many houses I've built in my life. When I was working with the student ministry of a church up near my home in Virginia, we took a mission trip out to Arizona to uh, spend some time um, working on, on service or construction projects for the local Native American tribes that were there. While in Arizona, we were in charge of helping build a foundation for a small home of a family of four to live in. If you've ever been to Arizona or ever been out west, then you know that there are parts of Arizona and there are parts of the western United States, guys, that there's sand everywhere in certain parts. However, we cleared some of that sand away and what we did was we laid out some cinder blocks that became the foundation for what we would begin building the house on. Why cinder block? Well, cinder block is actually made from concrete, made from different kinds of rock that are pressed together. And this rock and the cement that we laid over top of these cinder blocks was going to be able to help support a house that would keep and that would sustain a family of four. While the sand castles that we built on that seashore, they'd barely make it a day. I don't know about you guys, but if you were to ask me if my relationship, if my life with Jesus is going to be compared to something, I want it to be compared to a stronger foundation. A strong foundation being something that is able to support me, that is able to sustain me when situations in my life are tough, when things are going crazy. One that gives me increased faith when I face doubts of many kinds and one that tells me Jesus is the best thing that this life has to offer me. Rock beats sand every time, guys. And since that's the case, Jesus and his teachings are our rock. Jesus is our strong foundation. As we get to the truth of today in our verses um, from Matthew chapter 7 verses 24 through 25, Jesus again says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Here in this passage, guys, Jesus is coming to the end of his sermon. He is giving to a crowd of people and his disciples, all of them have, having followed him to see what he would say. I love how Jesus ends his message, how he ends his sermon. He ends it by referring to all of his teachings, everything that he has told them and telling these people that there will be two types of people in this world, specifically two men who hear the words that he has said. Now, for the people that hear the teaching of Jesus, both men and women that hear the teachings of Jesus, they put these words into practice. They will be like a wise or a very intelligent man, a builder of a home who built his house on a rock. The rain beat against this man's house. Waters and waves came up against it. The winds hit against it. But the house did not fall because the rock was built on a strong foundation. 
Then Jesus says there will be other kinds of people, though, who come along and hear his words and who don't put them into practice for their life. These people are like another kind of house builder. But this one is called a foolish builder by Jesus. They are foolish because they have chosen to build their house on sand. And from our illustration, guys, we know how building sandcastles can go. Am I right? They might look pretty for a little while, but they will come tumbling down when the rain comes, when the waves and waters rise, and when the wind blows against it, the house will fall, and it will fall with a great crash. What does this mean for us? Well, let me break it down for us this morning, guys. If we want to build our life on something that will strengthen and support us for our whole lives, if we want to make sure that we are grounded in truth, in truth, I mean with a capital T, if we want a life that matters and we want a life that has purpose, then we need to make sure that our foundation is in Jesus Christ, who is, we know, guys, the son of God. If Jesus is our foundation, then we'll be like that man who built his house on the rock. The rain, the waves and the waters and the wind, they all represent everything that Satan and this life will try to throw at us to knock us off balance and mess with the abundant, joyful life that Christ has given us here on earth with him. They represent sin, temptation, false teachings, and false religion, tough times of doubt and loss and anxiety or worry. When Jesus talks about this this rain and wind and storms that come and hit against our houses, this is what he's talking about. So instead, when we see what Satan and life is going to throw at us, we have to meet it with the teachings of Jesus Before this passage, Jesus taught us a couple things, and I'd like to recap them here for us this morning. When times get tough every day, and, and every day, we go to God in prayer. Instead of doing what we want, we follow the will of God for our lives. When someone is in need, Jesus says we should try to help them as best we can. We forgive others because Jesus says he has forgiven us. We show others love, even our own enemies, and we pray for them because Jesus has first loved us. We don't need to worry about anything in this life. You know why? Because Jesus will take care of us. And lastly, we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We keep it fixed on heaven because that is what lasts forever. Jesus is the one that matters. So guys and girls, this morning, I want to tell you this. His teachings, Jesus' teachings, are a strong foundation for our lives if we put them into practice. Do you think that we can do that? Because I believe that we can. We need to make Jesus our strong foundation. Will you join me in prayer this morning? Dear God, I... I thank you so, so very much for the gift of your son, Jesus. God, I thank you that his truth, that his teachings represent a strong ground, a strong foundation for us to root ourselves in, for us to stand our life upon. Help us to build our lives on what you have taught us, Jesus, and the way that you have lived your life. Because, Lord, your life And your teachings are something that can lead us, Lord, all the way to the eternal promised land that you have blessed us in heaven with your your heavenly Father, God. We love you so much. We thank you for who you are. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you all. I love you very much.
want to say, but can I tell you the best witness of God's work in you is when you just keep living because they're assuming that you're going to die anyhow. And the fact you're still alive is your greatest testimony. And encourage your neighbor and tell them, don't let fear trump your faith, but let faith trump your fear. Faith, the hellishness of your situation, this is still the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. you got to learn to shout back at life and say, I know the burdens are heavy, but it's still the day. I know the nights are dark, but it's still the day. Amen. That was a preview of our March Gladness Revival that's going to be coming up on this month, uh, March the 16th, 17th, and 18th each night. And we're looking forward to you joining us as we hear some of God's most gifted preachers as far as this land is concerned in the person and personalities of Dr. Charles Goodman, um, Dr. Gina Stewart, and Dr. Maurice Watson. Amen. First of all, let me say uh, good morning to each and every one of you whom I have not had the opportunity to greet. Uh, we are certainly delighted that the Lord has allowed for us to see the third month of this year. And certainly God is to be praised for that. This month has been set aside to celebrate uh, women. And we thank God for all that our sisters have done uh, to give support as far as humanity is concerned. And so as we lift up uh, women this month, we want to do it with intentionality, uh, even in the preaching moment. And I'll be sharing as far as uh, the preaching moment is concerned, focus on our sisters for this month. I want to thank each and every one of you who have contributed to our food pantry. We served over 240 families this past week. Uh, the numbers continue to go up, uh, even though we're coming slowly but surely out of this pandemic. Uh, people are still hurting, and we continue to be a blessing to them. However, we are going to be moving to a biweekly distribution starting next week. So we will not have the pantry this week, but it will return the following week. I also just want to let you know that we're going to do a monthly church check-in on this Tuesday. Um, if you have not received... You should receive an email reminder with the login details by tomorrow, I mean really by today. And if you don't receive that information, contact the church office at info at spbcnc.org or call the church office so we can verify you in our system. This Saturday, we're going to be hosting the second vaccine shot for those who received the first vaccination on February the 13th. So if you were vaccinated on February the 13th, your second vaccination will take place on this Saturday. Just want to let you all so know. Oh, thank you for that reminder. Also bring your card and check your card for the time of your appointment. Also just want to let you know, we started a new session of CEO this past Saturday. And if you want to Enroll in this session, you can do so this week by contacting Deacon Marilyn White so she can register you to join our class. We got something new that is coming up. It's called Storytime with Reverend C starting this Saturday at 7 o'clock p.m. 
Uh, Reverend Peyton C. is going to host a 30-minute story time reading to our children from pre-K to fifth grade. It's going to be aired on Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo, our church website, and through our phone streaming service. Also, just want to remind you that on next weekend, you got to set your clocks forward one hour. I know, ooh, you're going to lose an hour of sleep. Um, um, uh, I'll be glad one day when they would just decide to let it be. However, you're going to have to spring forward one hour on next weekend, uh, starting on Sunday, March the 14th early in the morning. So we just want to remind you and kind of get you ready as far as that is concerned. Our Financial Peace University uh, will be starting up on March 23rd. Uh, On the first 21 individuals or families that sign up to our church website, you can purchase the membership necessary to start this course for $90. That is almost a $40 saving over the registration on Financial Peace University website. And again, those classes will start on March the 23rd and continue for nine weeks. Continue for nine weeks. Um, Those are the announcements that I want to share with you as far as this week is concerned as we prepare to go to the Lord in prayer. Just want to let you all know that we, of course, continue to experience loss and bereavement as far as our church family is concerned. We want to lift up the family of brother disciple Joe Johnson. He is the um, husband of disciple Ernestine Johnson. He will have graveside services taking place tomorrow, uh, Monday, March the 8th at 11 o'clock at York Memorial Park. We also want to lift up the family of disciple Joel Odom, Um, he uh, was funeralized yesterday here at the church. We continue to lift up the family of Brother Howard Hunter, the father of disciple Melinda Hunter. Uh, His services was Friday here in Charlotte. The family of Sister Eugenia uh, Lattimore, the aunt of Dr. Monica Redman, the family of Brother Jimmy Harrison, the brother of disciple Deborah Harrison, the family of Sister Charlene Anderson, disciple Charlene Anderson, the wife of disciple Augustus Anderson, and the mother of Sister Michelle Anderson. And we continue to lift up the family of Johnny Mae Cunningham, the mother of brother Oscar Walker. Also, for persons who are in the hospital, uh, we want to lift up uh, Gwendolyn Caldwell, Joseph Davis, Azola McLaughlin, Denise Smith. Uh, these are persons who have been uh, in the hospital as of late, as well as the other names that are scrolling up and down our list. So as we prepare to go to the Lord in prayer, I'm going to ask that uh, Reverend Bernie would come and take us to the throne of grace. And um, if you would, in your own imitable way, you can lift up prayer concerns as far as your uh, reality is concerned. Let us pray. Greatest Lord, God, you are so awesome. 
And we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be here today. We thank you, Lord, that we realize that in spite of what it could be, God, our situation is not greater than you. So, Father, we pray on this day, God, that you would just touch us, God, wherever we are, God. Those that are experiencing bereavement, those that are sick, God. God, we know that you are able, God. God, that you have all power in your hand. God, we pray, God, that you will remind them, that you will touch their hearts, touch their spirits, God. To let them know, God, that they are not walking alone, God. We pray, Father, that you will strengthen them, God. That you will touch their hearts, God. God, that you will help us, God, to reach out to those that are hurting, those that are going through tough times right now, God. That, God, that we will show that we care, God. We pray, Father God, that whatever the need may be, God, that God, that you will just make it work out, God. God, that you will move on every situation, move from heart to heart, God, that you will work it out, God. We pray, God, that your spirit, God, will just wrap all around them, God, to let them know, God, that whatever they're experiencing right now, God, God, you still got the back, God. We pray, God. Yes, yes. We pray, God, that you will move, God. We pray, God, that you will have your way. We pray, God, that your spirit will be with them wherever they are right now, God. Let them know that they're not too low, God, that you cannot pick them up, God. Let them know, God, that there's nothing there in your spirits, God, that you have not equipped them for, God. Remind them, God, of who you are, God. Touch, God. Move, God, like only you can. We thank you for what we know you will do, God. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Reverend Bernie. If you believe that the Lord is answering your prayer, can you give God the praise that he so richly and rightfully deserves? Amen. 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 That serves as a wonderful segue to us for us to partner with our God through another act of worship, and that is through giving. And so as we prepare to give to the Lord at this particular moment, here at St. Paul, there are three significant ways you can give. The first way you can give is by sending your check or money order to the church. You can mail it to 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205. Or you can bring your cash check or money order to the church. But call the church first at 704-334-5309. Make sure someone is here to receive your offering. We will... Uh, receive your offering, place it in the safe, and it will be counted in the, the following Sunday's offering. The second way you can give is through our website. Uh, you can go to the website and follow the giving prompts there and give accordingly. Then the third way you can give is through the app called Givelify. You can download that app to your smart device, connect it to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks, you can give. So as we prepare to give right now, I want you to do me a favor, if you would, uh, take your offering, however you're giving it. If you will, place it in your right hand, lift it toward the heaven, and we want to give God what's right, not what's left. Amen. And if we could, let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you right now for this wonderful opportunity to partner with you through this act of giving. And God, as we come and we give, and for those that are practicing the discipline of giving tithes and offerings bless according to your word 
God, for those that are giving something, we pray that you will enhance and increase our faith, become even more obedient to you as we begin the discipline of giving tithes and offerings. And even when we give tithes and offerings to go beyond even that. And then, God, for those who feel they have nothing to give, enhance their faith right now and show them that they can't beat you giving no matter how hard you try. And you are appreciative of any gift, big or small, that they may give. Take these gifts of ours, oh God, multiply them in such a magnificent way until we know that the blessing comes from no one else but you. It's in Jesus' name we pray and in his name we claim it done. Amen.
Oh, wherever you are right now, can you just go ahead and give God praise? Wherever you are right now, can you give God praise? Hallelujah. I don't know about anybody else, but it's about 15 of us in this sanctuary. And we have to admit the spirit is moving in this place. And maybe the spirit is moving for you in Facebook land and Zoom and YouTube. One thing I've discovered about the spirit of God is that it has no boundaries when it comes to how it touches the hearts and the minds of the people of God. Thank you. Thank you to our music ministry for how they have blessed us. There is a sweet spirit. There's a sweet spirit in this place. You have one. I think somebody needed that just as a war cry. You have one. Come on, Reggie. and lift up your hands and praise in your virtual space right now. God is not inhibited nor impeded by how we have to worship right now. Turn your office, your living room, your bedroom, your kitchen table, your, your countertop into your own personal sanctuary and lift up those hands and give God praise. Listen, I don't want you typing nothing in the chat right now. I just want you to worship and praise the sovereign God of the universe who has made you more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loves you. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. 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 to be intentional this month doing my preaching assignment. Um, 
And, and this month has been designated to be Women's Month. Last month was Black History Month. And this month is Women's Month. And um, someone said, why do we have to have Women's Month? If we got, you know, uh, why, why is there no Men's Month? Well, for the same reason, there's no White History Month. <laughs> Amen. Um, African Americans in particular and women in general have been marginalized and not recognized for who they are and their contributions as far as society and civilization are concerned. And so we come and we give lift to them with greater intentionality. Within the cauldron known as the black church, we've always tried to, in some shape, form, or fashion, though limited, lift up the virtues of our sisters by having what we call Women's Day. And somehow that has been encapsulated and taken and, of course, incorporated into what is called Women's Month. So I want to, um, with some intentionality this month uh, during my preaching time, focus on our sisters in particular, but I believe that there's a word for all of us in general. Today, I want to call your attention to Proverbs chapter 31, and I want to lift up verse 25 through 31, and I want to give a corrective to uh, how this particular rendering uh, Proverbs is treated. Proverbs 31, starting at verse 25 through 31. It reads, strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of laziness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Amen. I want to preach for the time that is mine from stressed sisters to blessed sisters. Uh, from stressed sisters to blessed sisters. One of my wonderful sisters in ministry, uh, Dr. Susan Johnson Cook, whom many of us affectionately call Dr. Sujay, uh, wrote a book some years ago entitled Too Blessed to be Stressed. Uh, Dr. Sujay or Susan Johnson Cook will be our featured preacher for the First Lady's Tea as well as Women's Day 
this year here at St. Paul. One of the things that I like about Dr. Sujay is that she was the first person to be appointed ambassador as far as religious affairs under our former president, Barack Hussein Obama. She was also the first female president of the world-renowned Hampton University Ministers Conference. In that particular book, uh, she addresses the sisters who are on the move, women who are on the rise, and ladies who are trying to make a positive difference. However, many women know everyday living can create unwarranted and unnecessary stress, pushing one over the edge. Stress is unavoidable and undeniable. Stress is one of those situations and complexities that you can't deny, escape, or run from. You can't deny how stress is part of everyday living. However, if you don't learn how to manage stress, it can drive you crazy. Our sisters are dealing with many issues, concerns, complexities, and problems that complicate their spirituality and can mitigate their relationship with God. Women got a lot of stuff to deal with that affects them emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and physically. Still, when it comes to our African-American sisters, they are faced with a double yoke of sexism and racism. Our sisters are discounted because they are women. They are miscounted because they are black. And this distortion within the context of our reality and the essence of what God has created is rendering many of our sisters frustrated and feeble. This is further mitigated by baggage that may be created in their past. I would readily admit that the institutional church, particularly the black church, would have gone under a long time ago had it not been for the sisters. The stress and strain of trying to live a God-mandated life intersecting with limited resources, finicky people, and demonic activity should have wiped out the church a long time ago. When you think about the universal church or the ecclesia, when you look at how the early church came into form, uh, formation, it should have been gone a long time ago. However, coupled with the apostles' fervent prayer, there were some women who knew God on a first-name basis like Mary, the mother of Jesus, Dorcas, and Lydia, and Phoebe, considered to be the first female deacon of the church. Uh, they kept the church moving forward despite the cultural stigma and the negativity of their day. Yet I have to admit that many of them experienced stress that could have driven them crazy. And yet, as I examined the religious constructs and the spiritual aspects of our existential reality, I conclude that we got sisters today 
who are stressed to the max and feel like they are about to lose their minds. And I don't know if I'm talking to any stressed sisters in the house or those that are watching me on the screen, but if you stress, just wave your hand because I know a stress buster by the name of Jesus that's ready to alleviate your stress. What are you stressed about, sisters? Stress because of relationship difficulties. Stress because of marital problems. Stress because of financial constraints. Stress because of limited opportunities. Stress because of chauvinistic men. Stress because of jealous women. Stress because of unruly children. Stress because of cancer, be it breast cancer, lung cancer, ovarian cancer, or cervical cancer. Stress because of high blood pressure. Stress because of diabetes. Stress because of the quarantine. Stress because of COVID-19. Stress because of violence. Stress because of abuse, stress, because of sexism, stress, because of racism, just stressed. Am I talking to any stressed sisters out there? Stressed. However, one must dig a little deeper because one is so stressed because of our sisters after all the stuff from your past that you have not confronted dealt with or looked at continues to haunt you like a thief in the night. Many sisters, young and old, educated and uneducated, rich and poor, cultured or country, got some stuff wreaking havoc in their lives. Stress is real. Stress occurs when there's too much pressure place upon an object that it was not originally built to withstand. So let me, if I could, throw it out there uh, for you to chew on because I know I'm getting ready to make a statement that some of you all aren't going to agree with. And here it is. Women were not created to be men. But our sisters have to be both mommy and daddy, provider and protector, Nurturer and nutritionist, it can be stressful. This is coupled with the fact that some sisters got some deep, dark secrets and some horrific traumas, leaving you twisted, even disfigured emotionally. Issues and relationships and incidents are jumping out of your past and uh, holding you hostage and helpless. So sisters show up in our virtual worship space, hiding behind the screen with broken hearts and empty emotions, looking for a spiritual awakening. But that spiritual awakening cannot be found in a preacher. It cannot be found in your title. It cannot be found in power. It cannot be found in politics. It cannot be found in an office. It cannot be found in some man. It cannot be found in a woman. It can only be found in God. When we see sisters serving, we see grown women coming to the forefront, giving God their very best. But God sees stressed out little girls filled with trauma, regret, secrets, and scars. Uh, they've had to run from arm to arm and from man to man. Some of you run from job to job because you're stressed. 
Some of you run without direction in a circle going nowhere fast. You spend a lot of energy, but you have little to no results. That is because you have been so stressed to the point that you don't even know who you are. So when you become stressed, most sisters tend to shut down because it's the easiest thing to do. But, but when you shut down, not only do you not feel the pain, but you can't even experience the pleasure. Nothing touches you. Sermons don't encourage you. Sex doesn't thrill you. Your spouse can't reach you. Your friends can't follow you. Your sisters can't communicate with you. Wild nights leave you empty. You're making love. You're making life. You're making coffee in a quarantine bubble. Stress has made you isolated and insulated from the cares of this world. However, you're not getting what you need to become all that God will have for you to be because it's not in this world. It is in our God. Yet, it is these unresolved issues stressed sisters have to contend with. Because you're so stressed, you'll be arguing with folks who ain't even listening. You'll be hurting over stuff that happened way back when. And so what you find yourself dealing with are the mental hobos. They're the playmates of the broken. They are the company of the wounded. There are sad memories of lost chances. They are reminders of failed relationships. They are the bedfellows of the suffering. There is some mess in your life that has to be exorcised, evicted, and eradicated. I hope I'm talking to some sisters right now. And so, the writer of Proverbs presents us with a depiction of a sister who's got a lot of stuff going on in her life. She is a lady, a mother, a hard worker, a community activist. Folks are well aware of her deeds within the city. She is called by many the virtuous woman and has become the biblical standard of femininity and excellence. She's considered to be the ideal mate for a whole lot of brothers, a hardworking and wonderful mother with homemaking skills that would rival Martha Stewart, Bev Smith, and ingenuity like Mary McLeod Bethune. However, what I saw about this sister is that all the stuff going on in her life, stress opportunities are great. There were probably many things in her reality that could have and should have driven her crazy. Now, I need to state for the record, sisters, uh, that you don't have to have children and you don't have to have a spouse in order to experience stress. Nevertheless, I believe she knew that she was too blessed to be too stressed to the point of letting stuff get the best of her. And that is what I mean when I talk about being too blessed to be stressed as the title given by Dr. Susan Johnson Cook. Because as long as you live in this life, there are going to be some moments of stress that will come your way. However, I want our sisters in particular.
particular and all of us in general to move from being stressed to understanding that we are blessed. You don't have to let your stress get the best of you and your life. So how is it that we not allow stress to get the best of us? There's some things in this text that jump out at me saying, preach me, Robert Charles Scott, that I want to share with you. And then I bid you all adieu. First of all, stress will not get the best of you when you have on the proper attire. It's right there in verse 25. Strength and honor are her clothing. In other words, you need to have the right type of apparel. One of the features we erroneously conclude is that one is blessed by the clothes you wear. God knows that that, that, that there are sisters who measure their worth by their physical appearance and by the clothes they wear. Uh, some of us have erroneously concluded that if you can buy Liz Claiborne or shop at Ann Taylor or get something from St. John or Neiman Marcus, or if you can go to South Park Mall and buy whatever you want, then you're really blessed. Uh, there are those who feel you're blessed because you got money and the capacity to shop at high-end stores and get the finer things in life. Now, I want to let you know, ain't nothing wrong with wearing expensive clothes and nothing wrong with shopping at upscale stores. But, Deacon BB, what good is it to have a costly hat on an empty head? Uh, what good is it to have clean clothes on a dirty soul? Uh, what good is it to wear fashionable glasses or color contact lenses on your eyes looking at trouble? If we're honest, some sisters become stressed because they're trying to keep up with the latest trends and up-to-date fashion. Buying things they don't need with money they don't have, trying to impress folks that don't like them. And when you're trying to keep up with Sister Jane, and Jane is not your God, and Jane is not the God who created you, it can be stressful. Can I preach it like I feel it? And what's even more exacerbating in today's culture is how social media is driving a lot of sisters to be something they ain't. Taking pictures for the gram when gram can't sustain you. Now, if you don't know what gram is, you are too old. Uh, you you want to find satisfaction in Facebook likes and Twitter retweets and TikTok reviews based upon what you're wearing or what you ain't wearing. How much you show and how you glow. God knows I'm not trying to do any clothing shaming here, but I, I want you to look at something deeper. The writer of Proverbs says, strength and honor are her clothing. In other words, uh, when you have strength and honor as your, your clothing, when you're able to move in power and glory, uh, 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 this is when you can move from being stressed to understanding how blessed you are. The problem with too many sisters is that you're equating your self-worth by what you have materially and not by your character. Strength and honor are character builders. Uh, and when you are clothed in strength and honor, 
You can't purchase it at North Lake Mall or at South Park Mall or at the fine clothing store. Strength and honor are based upon spiritual formation and character development. You can't go to a fitting booth and say, I want strength and honor in a size eight. You can't be fitted for strength and honor. You, you can't buy strength and honor. But what I've discovered is sisters can have the best clothing but not have strength and honor. You can look good. You can dress good. You can smell good, but, but not have strength and honor as your clothing. In other words, look good on the outside and be filthy on the inside. Strength and honor is real beauty that is skin deep. And when I think about women of strength and honor, my mind goes to sisters like Harriet Tubman, who did not have the best clothes, but she was clothed in strength and honor. And she led over 300 slaves to freedom. And she said, I could have led a whole lot more if they knew they were slaves. So Journal Truth could not go to Neiman Marcus, but God knows she had strength and honor. Mary McLeod Bethune could not go shop at Nordstrom, but she was clothed in strength and honor. Shirley Chisholm and Barbara Jordan did not hold high executive political offices, but they were women of strength and honor. You may not be able to shop at the finest stores, but you can be clothed in strength and honor. You can be bold. You can be strong. You can be courageous. You can be wise. You can be powerful and mighty. You can be excellent, sisters. You can be glorious. You can be beautiful. You can be majestic. And it cannot be purchased at a store in the mall. It's given to you by the Holy Ghost. Strength and honor comes from God. So have on uh, the right attire, uh, and, and that will help you with your stress levels. Because I declare that when you become more concerned about the clothes that God puts on you, you don't care what other folks think about you. Let me say that again. When you know that God is your provider, you don't care what other folks uh, got to say about you. Why? Because they ain't got a heaven or a hell to put you in. Sisters, put on the right clothing and that'll start decreasing your stress. But I want to let you know that you can also relieve your stress when you understand that others recognize your worth. Let me see if I can help you with this. Whether they are a mother, a wife, a friend, a sister within our communities, a daughter who have made invaluable contributions to our lives. The Bible talks about how her children call her blessed and how her husband praises her also. However, some sisters aren't married. Some sisters don't have children. But I would dare say they still have worth and dignity in our lives. It is incumbent for us to recognize the contributions that our sisters make to society and that our sisters make to our everyday realities. You think about all the stuff sisters do in our lives and it will blow your mind 
when you think about all the things that our sisters that we cross in our interaction have blessed us beyond our wildest imagination. Most women, most mothers, most wives, most daughters, most cousins, most aunts, most friends do so much that we could not even afford to pay them all that they deserve. We know sisters who are everything from taxi cab driver to counselor to engineer or carpenter, accountant, a judge, a motivational speaker, a teacher, a preacher, a chef, a supervisor, a personal assistant, an event coordinator, an administrator. Uh, uh, you combine all those jobs and you could not pay a woman enough. 700,000 a year sounds cheap. The Bible says a woman of noble character who can find she is worth more than riches. But stress can be relieved when your mother, when your wife, when your significant other, when your sister, when your daughter, when your cousin, when your friend knows that what she is doing is greatly appreciated. Every now and then, you need to tell the sisters that you thank God for how they have blessed you. Every now and then, you need to remind sisters that the efforts that they are sowing will reap a mighty harvest. All the stuff that women have to deal with to be a mother, to be a wife, to be a lover and a friend can drive her crazy. So every now and then you have to let them know that sister, you are appreciated for taking care of the kids. You are appreciated for cooking that meal. You are appreciated for keeping the house clean. You are appreciated for encouraging our spirits. You are appreciated for giving us a shoulder to cry on. You are appreciated for holding our hands. You are appreciated for being a listening ear. You are appreciated for a powerful push. You are appreciated for a comforting word. Every now and then, you need to thank God for the women in your life. It could be your wife. It could be your daughter. It could be your sister. It could be your mama. It could be your girlfriend. It could be your honey. It could be your co-worker. It could be your friend. But every now and then, you need to let them know, I appreciate all that you have done. I want to let you know, there's a cliche that says, behind every good man, there's a good woman. That's a lie. Let me tell you, that that's a lie. Uh, let me say that one more time. That's a lie. That behind every good man, there's a good woman. No, beside every good man, uh, there is a good woman because it's somebody that has to keep that brother on the straight and narrow. Thank God for what our sisters have done. And when I look around uh, this church here at St. Paul Church, uh, from my leadership uh, of the board of directors and my leadership on the deacon's ministry and my leadership as far as my staff is concerned, when I look around this church, I thank God uh, for our sisters that have made a difference here at the St. Paul Church. God knows when I look at my own life, uh, I got to give God praise, first of all, uh, for my wife, Pierre, who has been more than a blessing to me, and my daughter, Cherish, uh, that I work for and strive for. Then I got to thank God for my mama, Dr. Scott Newsom, who reminds me, boy, uh, when you're in the pulpit, you belong to the Lord, uh, but when you come 
down the pulpit, your butt belongs to me. I gotta thank God for my sisters, Audrey, Tammy, Tina, Shavante, Trista, Robin. I gotta thank God for my cousin, them. I gotta thank God for my friends. I gotta thank God for the women in my life that have helped me to be the man that God would have for me to be. Where would we be if it weren't for the women? St. Paul would have gone under a long time ago because God knows, if we're honest, uh, when the men didn't want to act right, the sisters had to step in and make sure the brothers act right. When the men didn't want to do, the sisters had to step in and make sure that it got done. Thank God for our sisters. Um, but one more thing I need to drop on you and, and I'll be done. Um, your, your stress can really be relieved when you know whose and who you are. Let me say that again. Your stress can be relieved when you know who you are and whose you are. Here, here is uh, the interesting thing about this whole text, and it's in verse 29 and, and 30. It, it, it says, Many have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful. This is King James Version. And beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Some sisters are so stressed because they're trying to be something that God did not intend for them to be. <clears throat> Some sisters have done good things, but I want you to know you're better than the things you have done. The reason why you're better, watch this, it's not because of your favor. Notice the text says uh, that favor is deceitful. Now, that's interesting because in today's culture, folks go around talking about favor ain't fair. Folks go around talking about I'm blessed and highly favored. But, but in the text, we see that favor is deceitful. Uh, another word for favor in this context is charm. <laughs> and, 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 and charm is this idea uh, uh, of something that is connected to your beauty. It, it is connected to your personality. It is connected to your way of navigating reality. And, and, and the writer here is saying that favor is deceitful. Here it is. I, I, I know you've accomplished a whole lot in your life. I know you got a good education. I know some of you got a good man. I know some of you may be blessed with children. I know some of you may have a great high paying job that fulfills you emotionally and financially. Uh, 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 uh. I know that you got people who adore you and like you. Uh, however, I also know that there are implants, facelifts, tummy tucks, Botox, and liposuctions. I know that you're looking good in your $1,000 suit 
your $150 hairdo and your $500 shoes. But how many sisters know folks on the job will change on you? How many sisters realize that you got more education than most men and those men still got the job you applied for? How many sisters know that good children can go crazy? How many sisters thought brother man was the best thing since sliced bread only to discover he was just like every other man you had? How many sisters had girlfriends who used you and dropped you like a bad habit? How many sisters can't afford the expensive clothes, hairdo, and shoes? Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But the woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Let me, um, the concept of fear in this text does not mean to be afraid or scared but it means to be reverential. The aspect of fear denotes that there is a relationship with God. Uh, uh, but a woman who fears the Lord, a woman who knows God, a woman who worships God, she shall be praised. This, this woman knows that she belongs to someone better than a husband. This woman knows that she belongs to someone better than her man. This woman knows that she belongs to someone better than her children. This woman knows that she belongs to someone better than her siblings. This woman knows that she belongs to someone better than her friends. This woman knows that she belongs to God. She knows that she is a child of the most high God. She knows that she is a daughter of Jehovah. And it is this sister that recognizes her blessings do not come from the job that she works. And her blessings does not come from the education she possesses. She realized that her blessings come from the Lord. And that's why she's able to say, I will lift my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. I'm closing y'all. May the Lord bless you real good. I know the life is filled with pressure and pain. I know that life is filled with trials and trouble. I know that life is filled with problems and perplexity. I know every day has not been sunny, but when you have a relationship with God, I know that God can be a stress buster. Blessings does not mean stress won't come your way, but you don't have to let the stress drive you crazy. Can I preach it the way that I feel it? I've discovered when you know who God is in the pardon 
of your sin. You got a stress buster in your life. And I know some folks say it don't take all that. But I'm here to remind you that when you know who God is in the pardon of your sin, you got something on the inside that'll make the devil mad. You got a praise on your lips. You got a praise in your spirit. You got a praise on your mind. And your stress buster is known as your praise. I know there's something better than Prozac, Xanax, or any other chill pill. I want you to know there's something better than your red wine, your cabossier, or your cognac. I know there's something better than crack, cocaine, weed, heroin, meth, opioids, fentanyl, or ecstasy. I want you to know it's found in your praise and when you understand that you can give God praise wherever you are God will start messing with the stress in your life so I want you to understand for my sisters that's in the struggle for my sisters that's in the fight wherever you are right now don't be afraid to give your God praise cause when you praise God won't God give you power and won't God give you strength and won't God give you tenacity to stand and fight on just a little while longer won't God help you lead like Harriet Tubman Sojourner Truth and Barbara Jordan won't God help you write like Angela Maya, Maya Angelo Phyllis Wheatley and Tony Morrison won't God help you feel like Madam C Jay Walker and Mary McLeod Bethune won't God help you challenge like Rosa Parks and Nana Burroughs won't God help you support like Coretta Scott King and Betty Shabazz won't God help you lift off like Mae Jemison and Jeanette Epps won't God help you run like Shirley Chisholm won't God help you stand like Michelle Obama won't God help you win like Kamala Harris won't God sustain you like he did for your mama won't God lift you like he did for big mama let everything that has breath praise the Lord sisters I'm closing may the Lord bless you real good but if you're stressed right now I dare you I double dog dare you to lift up your voice open up your mouth give God a praise and watch the blood pressure drop watch the stress drop watch the pressure drop give him praise because he's worthy give him praise because he deserves it give him praise because he desires it give him praise because he sustains you give him praise because he's worthy if you're out there hearing my voice God is your stress buster do I have any sisters they ain't afraid to testify won't he do it won't he do it 
Won't he do it? Won't he lift up? Bow down head. Won't he dry tears from your eyes? Won't he straighten up a crooked back? Won't he sustain you in your time of need? If he will, say yes. Say yes. Say yes. The God we serve don't want you walking around all stressed out. He wants you to move from being stressed sisters to blessed sisters. I I know that was particular or particularly for our sisters, but um, it's my prayer that the universality of it was captured. Um, stress is going to come. It's just part of everyday life, everyday living. But I want you to know that when you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, he never promised you wouldn't have stress. He never promised that. But he can help you to cope with it. He reminds us that in this world, we're going to have tribulation. And then he says, be of good cheer. That word cheer in the Greek is courage. It literally means courage. He says, have courage for I have overcome the world. He has the capacity to help you with your stress. I want to right now give you the opportunity to connect with someone who can help you deal with your stress. He's none other than Jesus Christ. And, and if you're watching us right now, I want to lead you in a prayer, a prayer of a new life, a prayer of a brand new start, uh, a prayer of a commitment to God through Jesus Christ. And, and if this prayer connects with you in any meaningful way, I, I, I want you to... Um, Follow the prompts that I will share with you in just a moment. If this prayer touches you after you prayed this prayer and you want a relationship with God, I want you to type in salvation uh, in the chat window or send an email to connect at spbc.org and somebody will contact you or you can call us on the phone line at 704-334-5309. Um, um, let's go to the Lord in prayer and repeat after me God I thank you for your son Jesus Christ who took on all of the stress that sin has brought in my life I want to know you and I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins I believe 
you raised Jesus from the dead. And I believe one day he's coming back. But until then, send your Holy Spirit into my life. I want to live for you. Forgive me of all my sins. And thank you for the gift of salvation. It's in the name of Jesus Christ I pray. Amen. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer, and that prayer is meaningful to your head, your heart, your mind, your spirit. If you want a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you meant that prayer sincerely. Guess what? Salvation is yours. Is it really that easy? Yep. It is yours. It is yours. Here's the crazy thing about this virtual space right now. We have people from all over the country who are claiming St. Paul as their tribe. You can be one of those persons right now. Um, I would, I wouldn't, wouldn't mind being your pastor. These men and women wouldn't mind being your brothers and sisters in Christ. And we would love for you to be part of this tribe. So guess what? If you prayed that prayer, you meant that prayer, you want Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you want a relationship with God right now, it is yours. I want you to do me this favor. If you would, I want you to send us a message. Type in connect right now if you're watching us online or send an email to uh, the email address online. Someone will get back in touch with you before five o'clock tomorrow. I guarantee that. Hey, you may be saying, Pastor, I'm already saved. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, but I want to connect with you all. And I want St. Paul to be my church home. We would love to have you as part of our tribe. If you would just type in the chat window, type in connect uh, in the chat window uh, or send an email and someone will contact you to let you know what next steps are. Amen. We would love for you to flow with us again because of this virtual space. Our footprint has enlarged. Our territory has been greatly extended in ways we never could have imagined. So we would love for you to be part of our tribe. We got folks who are connecting with us in Georgia and in the Midwest and in California. We even have people that are reaching out to us from the continent of Africa. Just blowing my mind uh, what God is doing. So we would love for you to be a part of that. Amen. So you can follow us as far as that's concerned. Amen. Well, we want to carry out the ordinance of communion. And as we prepare to carry out the ordinance of communion, I want you to get your elements right now. Uh, get uh, your um, uh, bread, what is representing your bread and what is representing your wine. If you would get that at this time and here in the sanctuary, we're getting ready to make preparation and uh, we're getting ready to partake of the Lord's meal. So if you would go ahead and get your elements at this time.
As you prepare your elements right now, we want to go to the Lord in prayer before we partake of these elements. Let us pray. God, we come and we thank you for what you did through your son, Jesus Christ, nearly 2,000 years ago when he took the Passover meal and he made it a meal of the church. So God, as we come right now, let us not partake of these elements in some frivolous manner, but let us be mindful of how we're to partake of this meal. God, if you would forgive us of our sins, and we pray that you will help us to do things even better than we did prior to. Make us ever mindful of the greatest sacrifice known to humanity. And that's by you sending your son to be our sacrificial lamb. In his name we pray. Amen. We are told in the Holy Scriptures that it was on a fateful Thursday night when Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples that he took a loaf of bread he lifted it toward heaven he blessed it and he broke it told his disciples take eat this is my body that shall be broken or given rather for thee let us eat likewise he took a common cup he lifted it toward heaven and after he did that he gave thanks and he told his disciples, drink ye all of it, but this is the blood of the new covenant that will be shed for the remissions of sin. Let us drink. The Bible says afterwards they sang the hymn and they went out into the Mount of Olives. We shall do likewise on this day. Wherever you are right now, if you would bow your heads as we have our benediction and prayer. God, we thank you for what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, and our spirits have experienced in this place. Thank you, God, for the women. And now, God, as we leave from this space and this place, but never from your presence, keep us in your sovereign care. And now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his power with all exceeding joy. So only wise God, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever or. And the people of God in the house and on the screen and watching the screen said, amen. God bless you all. I love you all. Listen. Regardless of what they do in Texas, Mississippi, or South Carolina, continue to wear your mask, practice physical distancing, wash your hands. We're not out of the woods yet. Amen. And those that took their vaccination on February the 13th, your second vaccination is this Saturday. Check your card, bring your card, and we'll see you on our various platforms this week. God bless you. Maybe you are South Carolina.